0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. How about you?
1: Hey, I'm blessed. I'm ready to go. We have a powerful woman on the night. And we're, we're going to have fun And we're going to enjoy Ourselves tonight I think, Brian, a lot of wounds Will be open But I also think healing Will begin tonight as well
2: Yes, yes, I agree You know, this The topic that we're going to Talk about tonight is very, very Serious, you know, I, when I sent out My blogs today, I said We have a serious show tonight And the reason I said that is because, you know, certain people deal with certain things certain ways, yes. and with the topic that we're covering tonight, you know, you have to almost really be careful in how you cover this topic. Yes. You can't really be sort of, you know, blase about it and just say, oh, well, this happened and but, you know, because, you know, not everybody takes it in the same type of thing. Would you agree, Greg?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, I would. I think um, what this bold champion that's on tonight, that's coming on the call, I think, Brian, I know for a fact that lives will be changed tonight. And I also see, Brian, that we have Dr. Stewart on right now. Dr. Barbara Stewart, we're going to come to you in a few minutes. But I really do believe that Dr. Stewart will be able to say some powerful things, too, Our guest, and I think our guest will also teach us all about some of the things that could be happening in our own home, and we not even know it. The thing is, she, our 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 guest, will give us those pointers, and also Dr. Stewart will tell us how to deal with these things, so we can get our life back on track and not live the lives of victims. It's time. It's time that children are set free. We have women, Brian, in their 50s and their 60s and their 40s that are dealing with this particular topic. It's a painful one. A lot of women don't know how to get past it, Brian, as far as getting married. They have problems with it and they hold on to it and it's almost like cancer. It just See the way at them.
2: Yes. And if you haven't figured out what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, women or people who have been molested and have been raped. And our guest tonight is a survivor. Yes. You know, she was at one time a victim, but now she's a survivor. And at this time, I'd like to just bring her on. We have our guest tonight. Her name is Carmen. Carmen, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. You know, Thank you. I'd like to start off by saying that I think it takes great courage to come on and tell your story about how you were victimized and how you got through it. And so I applaud you. And I know Greg does as well. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
2: You know, and I want to start off by just having you tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um. <clears throat>
0: I uh, I work with uh
3: handicapped, mentally handicapped and physically handicapped people. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm 41 years old, uh, single, no children. Okay, and that's that's me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's okay. You know what? It sounds like you you're, you're serving and you're helping people, and that's a beautiful thing. Brian, if oh, you yes. could, Brian, I think we have Dr. Stewart on the line. Can we bring her in?
2: Sure, I will do that right now. Dr. Stewart?
1: I'm here. Dr. Stewart, hey. how are you?
4: I'm tired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for, for calling in to uh, help us all out with this with this ugly thing that happens to so many women.
0: Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. the
1: But The good thing about this, Dr. Stewart, is they can get past this. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't know. Well, let me introduce you guys to each other. Carmen, this is Dr. Barbara Stewart on the the line. How are you doing, Dr. Stewart? Nice to meet you.
4: Um, Nice to meet you, too. How are you?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I I truly believe, Carmen, that Dr. Stewart is going to help you get back onto your road of uh, Recovery and living the life of a victor and not having to deal with uh, living the life as a victim. Uh, Dr. Stewart, let me ask you this. When someone is a molested at a very young age mm-hmm. and they don't tell mm-hmm. anyone and no one in the house knows, mm-hmm. what is going on in that child's mind? We know that when, when when this happened to Carmen, we know that she couldn't process what was going on.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So
1: what kind of damage is done between that child not being able to open up to anyone and tell anyone?
4: One of the reasons why you find children they keep quiet, there's fear. Fear is a number one um, killer. Number two, they do not believe that anyone would, would believe them. They don't think anybody's going to believe them. Number three, they believe it's their fault. Number four they don't know who to trust anymore and um they also believe feel dirty they believe it is their fault they believe that um they they did something wrong Because especially they were, uh, they see their other friends and they don't. Nobody knows about it. They believe well then that they are the only ones that this thing has happened to. And so don't tell anyone. If you tell anyone, then you know they're not going to think of you as a nice person anymore, because it is your fault.
0: But I want to ask Carmen, how do you feel this evening, Carmen? Pretty good.
3: It's nice to be able to open up and, you know, talk to someone and just let people know, you know, what types of people are out there, you know, victimizing their children. Mm -hmm. And they're still in their children's voices. Um, I am just, if I can save one kid tonight, you know, that would be a great thing. Mm
4: hmm Mm hmm Mm hmm You see, another reason why they keep quiet is this. People expect in those in the early days you were to be seen and not heard. Right. If if you were to talk about an uh, an older person, say they did such and such to you, I believe I said earlier they would not be believed. You're lying. It is not true. He would not have done that to you. If it's a family member or a friend or a neighbor, that's even worse. Right. No way that person would have done that. Not true, but I'll also say this: there are times when the the adults in the home know that things are happening, but they just they are in denial. Mothers know when these things are happening they are in denial, some of them fear their husbands or fear the significant other okay so it is, and I wanna to say to um to, to anyone if you're out there this evening, even a child, something happens, you need to talk about it. Because if you don't talk about it, you get you get older, you get married, and most times those marriages do not last.
0: Right?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: I'm a, I'm gonna give you a little
3: bit of information about the situation that happened to me. Uh In my case, it was my uncle. I mean, I was probably the age of four or five,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: up until I was like seventeen, almost eighteen years old. So, and my grandmother was raising me, which was his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, my father, uh, he wasn't around for years. I mean, when then when he finally came into my life, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could tell my father. Well, Mm -hmm. he turned out to be a pedophile, also. So there was Mm -hmm. no one. You know, I felt like there was no one, and. I also, my brother, oldest brother had lived in the house for a short period of years. Um, mm-hmm. My uncle was also molesting him, which I knew in the back of my mind this was going on. Um, mm-hmm. My brother, oldest brother got blamed for molesting me because neither mm-hmm. one of us would talk about what was going on. And he mm-hmm. took the blame and was sent to a children's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were he was only about nine, and I was probably about seven.
4: Mm-hmm. 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 You see... Children look up to adults, and when they have been hurt, it is hard for them to trust another adult. Some children will talk about it. Let me say this, Carmen. You're not the only one. Today, there are adult women and men who have been molested. But I believe through the grace of God, they've been able to live beyond it and move on from there. And, um, pardon? Yes. Yeah, they've been able to live above it and move on from there. But there are those who are trapped, still trapped, in that place of guilt because they say it was my fault. And, again, the rejection is another thing that keeps them in bondage. It oppresses them. It puts pressure on them that even when they become adults and want to talk about it, they're still scared to talk about it because they do not know how people are going to look at them. So they live a life of, their lives, it's really a facade that they put forth for the world to see. But deep down they are hurting,
0: hurting, hurting, hurting.
2: Yes, you know, I'd just like to add also that, you know, it's funny because I've heard this story so many times Mm
0: -hmm.
2: where it was not just one family member that was being victimized, but Mm -hmm. two, maybe three or four family members Yes, that, you know, also the, you know, when they went to help, get help or receive help, that that person in turn that they confided in was also... You know, victimizing them, mm-hmm. saying, "Well, you better not say anything about this." Either mm-hmm. you didn't say anything about them, and then they kind of turn the children. You know, where that children that child or whoever that person is is now they're confused because they don't know who to go to because who's going to believe that both of these people did this to you? That's right. That's and, right. And one of the things that they use as a as a weapon is. They use power. Yes. Adults are typically, you know, in the mindset of where they're more powerful than children, and so they use that that power. And the kids don't know what to do because now who who can you go to when you've gone to a, some to this other person and confided in them, and then they victimize you. you mm-hmm. Next time when you go to someone else, that maybe they're a victimizer as well.
4: And you see. Another thing, too, you know, um, is this. In this world today, there's a lot of evil, evil people right in in the the very house where you live. Because when you find a child is living in a home and that child's innocence has been stolen, violated, the, the trust has been violated, the innocence stolen, that's evil. And sometimes they're caught in such a grip of fear and rejection just makes the fear even more um, tighter, put it that way. Mm -hmm. And they want release. It's not because they don't want to talk about it, but they do not know, as you said, who to trust anymore. They go to school. Maybe the teacher is not a very nice teacher. They go to church. Maybe they said a the school teacher is a very nice Sunday school teacher. And so they bear their burdens, they carry to them in
0: their bosom. Some of them, they
4: end up on the wrong side of life. Some of the people today, especially maybe women, you find an alternative lifestyle, will tell you they were molested. I'm not condoning it or say it is a thing to do, but some of them will tell you that's what happened to them when they were young. Some of them turned to drugs. Why do you believe that some women today are so promiscuous? It's not because they really want to be. And I know of a particular case. She was molested at an early age, ended up in lesbianism, let's put it, bisexual. And to the point where you find some of these women who have grown to be adults have an, have an insatiable sexual appetite. If they don't go on the wrong side of life, they have an insatiable sexual appetite. Not because they want to be promiscuous, but they will see themselves as being dirty and they're unable to really get beyond the rape, get beyond the molestation. So I would say to that, to women who are out there, if you were molested, if you were raped, and you've kept it, you have not been able to get over it. Because remember what I said earlier, some people, it happened to them, but they were able to get beyond it. The lies is as though nothing ever happened to them. But there are some people who have become so sensitive with this thing. Have them in a vice grip. They have become slaves, they have become prisoners of their fear. And so for that reason, they have not been able to go beyond it. They need to get help.
1: So, Carmen, do you, I'm sorry, Dr. Stewart. Carmen, do you do you feel that sometimes you're living in a prison cell? Do you feel that way, like you're living in a prison cell in your mind?
3: Uh, you know, I've had sleepless nights, many sleepless nights um, off and on probably my whole life. Um, you, just, you 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 can't let it go because I've tried to let it go. I've been in therapy off and on probably my whole life. Um, and then I found out later that recently he's done this to other children. So it's hard. You can't let that go. It, you, it's always there.
4: Let me ask you, before we go in, let me ask you, have you ever spoken to anyone connected in your family who would know that this thing happened? Yes. What What was their reaction?
3: Uh, actually, I talked to my cousin's mother, and uh, she believes me, and, you know, she's she's with me. As far mm-hmm. as, you know, uh, my uncle's sister, we were close kind of grow- when I was growing up. She was kind mm-hmm. of a mother figure to me. Um, And after I became an adult, I was kind of resentful because I thought, well, if you were, you put yourself in that mother position, you should have protected me, you should have known, you
0: -hmm. know. Mm -hmm.
3: So I'm kind of bitter with a lot of my family because of that, because I can't let it go. You know, I I don't don't understand how you can grow up your entire life from a child four years old in that house and not one adult know what's going on.
4: They knew what was going on, but let me say this to you, Carmen. If you want to let it go, there it starts with you, you yourself, because you're the one who's in bondage. You're the one who has become a prisoner. You've said you've been in therapy for years. You forget, and sometimes it comes, and when you see this person, you know they're still doing the same thing and it affects you. The reason why it affects you is because you're still attached to that person. That person's spirit is in you, and the spirits that are in you are spirits of bitterness, rejection, fear. In fact, maybe you want to do something about him. Maybe at times you wish you could do something to him, because you have not been able to forgive him. And we're going to get into that in a little while how you can really try to let it go, let him go, and move on with your life. Because you can do it. It can
0: be done. But it begins with you. Right. Um, if, if, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help the other kids. Mm-hmm.
4: So,
3: you know, that's the, the other reason right now that I can't, it's on my mind so much right now.
4: Is, but, going on? but but Carmen, you cannot help the other kids effectively until you have been healed. Because while you're helping them, in the back of your mind, you're seeing this thing happening to you. You're remembering this thing happening to you. You're saying, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? Right. You see? And, and there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of bitterness and anger inside of you. Because you would like to tear that person apart. And the fact that you've not been able to get over it all of these years is because the bitterness is there. The anger has been, in, it's been may, it may have been covert, nobody knew about the anger, but from a little girl, from the fact you knew that what he did was wrong, right up to your teens, and all the others who try, who did the same thing to you, you want to kill somebody. <laughs> you want to tear somebody apart. But you don't want to go that way. Even in your mind, what you need to do now is to get Carmen well. Right. Carmen is number one right now. Nobody is. not even the children that you're trying to help, because you cannot help them until you are well. You know, when you're in in an airplane, the stewardess or the flight attendant, they call them now, when they're telling you, as soon as you get in and the plane's about to take off, they'll say now, they're telling you what to do if there's um, they get pressure or something like that. What do they tell you? They said, put on your oxygen mask first if you're carrying children. Then you put the mask onto your children. You see my point? Yes. So you have to get well first before you can help those children because you are really helping those children at a, at a distance and at an, a, a disadvantage. You can't give them the kind of help that they really need because you did not get that help and you have not been able to be healed from the pain of what you've suffered. You've suffered losses, you know, Carmen. A piece of you has been taken from you. And that person has left
0: spirits inside of you. And those,
4: the spirits have turned into hatred, bitterness, fear, unforgiveness, all those strains are there and until you get them out of your system. And you're cleansed.
0: You're healed. You can then help
2: someone else. Yes. We'd like to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some more about that, about that healing
0: mm-hmm.
2: that we know has to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Here's an important message from Reverend Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright, Jr., senior pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ.
1: Did you know that more than half of all the new HIV AIDS cases reported are among African Americans? Our men, our women, and our children are at risk. We must put aside our fears, exercise our faith, and put an end to this deadly disease. Encourage testing. Learn more about HIV and AIDS. For testing locations, contact the CDC
2: National STD and AIDS Hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS.
5: Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So, why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted.
3: And why would we want to get wasted?
5: Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So, why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may
3: ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you
5: should ask them. Like, why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org.
2: just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is Molested and Rape, I Have to Tell My Story. And we have with us Carmen and also Dr. Stewart. Are you all still here with us? Yes. Uh All right, all right. Dr. Stewart, I want to, well, first I want to ask Carmen, you know, listening to what Dr. Stewart talked about, you know, how does that make you feel right now?
3: Um, it's, it's it's I understand what she's saying, but that is uh that's very hard to do. You know, to
0: to oh. forgive and to let it go
2: and to move on. You know, that that's it's very hard. You no, know, and, and the reason I ask that because I've never been in that situation and so I don't really know how to, you know, comment on it per se, but I know some who have. And what they will tell you is that your healing begins with forgiving the person that did it to you, uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
2: and that you cannot begin to heal until you begin to forgive.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: Because you have to remember now that, that person, while they did something, it's not saying that you forget
0: uh-huh. what they
2: did. You know, you never want to forget it because uh-huh. it's a part of you now. What happened yeah. to you has become a part of you. Part but, of your script. Right. And so instead of, see, what, you're being, what you've been trying to do is separate yourself from what happened. And you can't do that. Uh-huh. See, so now what you have to do is you have to embrace, and, and now this is going to be a hard thing to do. You uh-huh. have to embrace what happened and build upon it. Uh-huh. Because the more you dwell on that negativity, the more time you spend with the negative aspect of what happened to you, mm-hmm. the more it's going to bring you down. Nothing negative, if you, anytime you dwell on something negative, it grows. It's like whatever you feed, it will grow. So if you mm-hmm. feed that negativity by dwelling in that negative moment, it's going to grow and grow, and pretty soon you've got such a large burden to carry that you mm-hmm. can't carry it. That's right. So what you have to do now is say, I'm going to starve this negativity by building upon it with something positive. So that positive thing will crush it. And whatever that positive thing is, you won't have to carry
0: it because it will carry itself. That's right. Hello? Yes.
2: Anybody still there? Yes, we're
3: here. Yes, right. we're here. Good, good. I, I'm, I'm
0: here.
2: You know, uh-huh. And, and I, I had to say that because I know people who've gone through this and, you know, just talking with them, they'll tell you it's not an easy, easy process until uh-uh. you make it easy. It, it begins with you.
4: Yes.
3: I, this, I mean, something like this happens to you, it
0: uh,
3: <clears throat> it really tests your faith, you know, and I'm okay. sure that the, the reason I am where I am right now is because of a higher power because, you know, uh, it could have turned out a different way, you know.
4: Let me ask you something, Carmen. I'm going to talk <laughs> with you about restoration, about healing, restoration, and um, forgiveness. But before we get there, let me I just want to ask you something, and I hope you, you don't mind me asking you. Have you ever had a relationship since you've grown up? Yes. What was the relationship like? Without you know, getting any graphic, I just want to know what it was like for you.
3: Um, I've had several, and uh, some of them have been busy, physical, which wasn't really good. Um, emotionally, you know, and I try to steer clear of those types of relationships. They usually don't last long, and some of it was uh, my fault because of the anger that I carry. You know, okay. And I've kind of I've calmed that down over the mm-hmm. years.
4: Mhm. So. Because of the anger, you see there's anger, there's anger residing in your bosom, yes yeah. the anger the anger that you have is a very corrosive, kind of volatile kind of anger that it one day it may even explode but tonight and the reason I asked you that question, I really wanted to see where you were. Another question I want to ask you, would you ever think of getting married? Oh uh, no. <laughs> And no, it's
1: really because.
0: Why wouldn't you want to get married? Uh,
3: to me, uh, that's just not an important. You
4: know, no, no, other than somebody. it's not important. Why is there some other reason why you would want to get married?
3: No, I just don't
4: see that in my future, honestly. Okay. Ah, let me ask you now why do you not see it in your future?
3: Not I'm a counselor,
4: so, um, I'm in, sorry, that's why I'm
2: asking questions. I know, it. Yes,
3: I know. It, that, it just, uh, that that's not something that I want for myself. I've never, I mean, I, I've never really wanted that. I've never really honestly wanted to have children. Um,
4: Is there, Was there a particular reason why you didn't want to get married or even have children?
3: The children was not really... Uh, I mean, I really didn't, that just happened to come along. You know, I can't have children now. So, and it, I, I really didn't really want to have any of my own. I have thought of adopting children, things like that, but not have any of my own.
4: How do you see Carmen? When you sit in front of a mirror, let's say put you a mirror in front of you. How do you see Carmen? When you look at Carmen, what do you see?
3: I see, uh, I've been through a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I'm extremely beautiful. I'm a good person inside. Um I like to help and protect other people. You know
0: that's my nature now. You know I believe
4: doing that as a cover up. It's your way of dealing with what your pain that is still lingering, and the reason this kind of situation and can't even be done over one night. It I would not be fair, nor would it be fair to me. But I ask you those questions because, you see, I want to get the real Carmen to come out, the Carmen that has been hiding behind her pain. It's like people who are fat wear big clothes because they don't want other people to know that they're fat. You've got to take off that covering that you've been hiding under. You're a beautiful person. Stop looking at yourself or just saying, telling yourself, well, I love to help people. Do you want to help Carmen tonight?
3: Yes,
0: absolutely.
4: That's the first person you need to help, Carmen. Carmen, nobody else. Because until you help Carmen, begin to love Carmen and recognize that Carmen is a beautiful person, loved by God, cared for by God, By a God who loves her. You can't love nobody else. You can't help nobody else. You're doing it under a shroud. You see? And I just want one verse I want to read for you tonight, and then we're going to do a little bit more talking. It says here, I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. Do you believe God is able to do that for you, Carmen?
5: I'm,
3: you know, I pray. I'm not sure what I believe in anymore, you know. Like I said, my faith has been tested over and over again. And as, you know, you wonder why you, you know, I was just a little kid, a helpless little kid.
0: Okay. I hear that. And I understand.
4: I do understand you. The pain is still there. But, come I in. are you mad with God? Were you angry with God?
0: No, just uh, unsure.
4: Were you at any time where you felt, well then, God, why didn't you stop this thing from happening to me?
3: Of course, yes, absolutely. Mm
4: -hmm. All right, and I'm going to tell you why I ask you that. You see, when these drastic things happen in our lives, we know that God is everywhere and he sees everything. And we ask ourselves, "What well, God, you knew it was going to happen. Why didn't you stop it? So we can build up resentment towards God without even realizing it. That resentment can be there. Because when I hear you say, you don't know what you believe in anymore. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yes. So you have to first, in terms of when you look at Carmen. Carmen knows that she is a beautiful person. You say you're a good person. You, you are beautiful on the inside. You're not only beautiful on the inside, Carmen. I don't care if you have a square face and your nose is as long as a, a foot long. I don't care. You are a beautiful person inside and outside. And then when you see that, say, God, I know this was not your plan for this thing to happen. And I know you could have stopped it. But God, I want to forgive you. You see, when we say we forgive, we have to forgive not only ourselves, the persons that we've got to forgive God too. but we haven't got to the place of forgiveness yet. Will, Would you accept God's restoration and his healing? Yes. Do you believe that he's? I remember I asked that question already, but I'm going to ask again. Do you believe that he can heal you from your pain and and what you've been through?
3: I mean, it's it's been years and
4: it doesn't matter. I,
0: I, still,
3: I know I I still feel that pain, and I I still pray about it. You know, and and maybe someday I will get that. You know, I I still pray.
2: I want to say something right quick. Yes. Yeah. Because what I hear is, and you know, and this is no disrespect to you, Carmen, but it sounds like you're not really sure. And you know, I want to say this: the prayer that you that you prayed, God, it has to answer it. Mhm. Because that was one of His promises. Mhm. He said, if "You call to me, I will answer." Yes. And I will heal your land. Well, Mm -hmm. he's going to, you know, so it's not that he's not listening. He's waiting on you Mm -hmm. to accept it. Mm -hmm. He's waiting on you to accept that what happened to you was not your fault. There was nothing you could do to prevent it. It wasn't your fault. Because that's what I continuously, I keep hearing this, and it's not that you're saying it, but this is what I hear. I That's right. saying, I could have done something else. So what I'm going to do now is tell people how not to be victimized. That way I get some type of closure that this doesn't happen to someone else. But you're still not facing the fact that it happened to you, it wasn't your fault. And mm-hmm. you have to embrace that fact. Mm-hmm. And once you, I, I, I promise you, once you embrace that, and you come out and you say, hi, my name is Carmen, and I was victimized, but I'm not a victim anymore. Mm-hmm. You can say that, and you can go and stand around folks and talk freely. See, I, mm-hmm. see when, we, when we started doing this show, we started meeting people who were free from that, who mm-hmm. had been, who, whose bonds had been broken. And they were freely talking about this. Yes. And it was because they were freely talking about it that other people started calling into the show and saying, Hey, I heard your show and guess what? I tried it, it works.
0: Uh-huh. I freed
2: myself. Mhm. Uh-huh. We even had people who freed themselves on the show and they came on the show to say, I'm free. Mhm.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Mhm. Uh-huh. So once you begin to free yourself by making that by Making that true affirmation, I am not a victim. I have overcome. And then you get bold enough. See, I told you earlier, this was a bold step for you to even come on. Yes, it was. It right. certainly was. And so why not take another bold step? hmm You know, the thing is, you can never fail at what you do. You can only stop trying to succeed at what you do. That's right. That's right. And see, for you, failure is not an option.
4: Uh, uh, uh,
2: Failure is not an option. Right now, you've won. You've won simply because you came on. And through this show, other people have been helped, not are going to be helped. They have been helped because they said she was bold enough to get on there and talk about, you know, these things that happened to her and her other family members that were involved and, you know, to basically put her information out there, you know, like, like, like the young kids say, to basically put her business on blast. Uh-huh. You know? And so you were bold enough to do that. Why aren't you bold enough to make the next step? See, you are. But you have to believe that you are.
1: Brian, can I say something? Sure. Uh, Carmen, this is Greg. Dr. Stewart, this is Greg. I'm still here. Yes. I'm taking notes. I haven't said anything, but I'm taking notes. Uh-huh. Carmen, I, I, I really do think that you need to take the mindset of good things are supposed to happen to me.
0: Yes. Good yes. Things,
1: great things will happen to me and start expecting those great things to happen.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I think uh-huh. a lot of times what we do is we live in the past. Uh-huh. And we try to bring the past into the future, but you can't do that. No. And 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 I want Doctor Stewart to talk a little bit more about your steps of forgiveness because that's a hard thing for everybody.
0: It It is is very hard hard.
1: thing. Yes, it's a hard thing for everybody. But once you're able to do it, you will be like, "Is that all I had to do? (laughs) All
0: these years of suffering, crying,
1: waking up at night." fighting, forgiveness is your tool. That's the greatest tool that a lot of us won't use because a lot of times when you turn that television on, all you're going to see are vengeful people trying to get even. All of the movies that you see, everybody in there are trying to get revenge.
0: That's right.
1: So, Dr. Stewart, I'm going to let you have it. um, uh, And and please tell us about how we start to forgive. And, And I'll say this. It's not just in molestation and rape. It's in everyday life that people hurt us and take it with us. We all need to learn how to forgive.
4: You see, the problem is this, that we live in a very sin-sick world. It's a world that's filled with evil people. I mean, as you talk about the TV, wherever you turn today, you find evil. And evil touches us in one way or another. But what we have to do is that when we have that experience, be it at age one or whatever age it is, we cannot allow that thing to keep us in bondage. All right? Now, we talk about, I asked a moment ago, rather, I read something as where the Lord said, I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. But in order for this to take place, they are the wounds of bitterness you have as well. The wounds of resentment and anger and all kinds of wounds you have. And you have to be willing to give them, like when you go to a doctor, to give doc- the doctor, your so, so to speak, the, 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 um, the ailments that you have so that he can treat you. If you don't tell him where he's hurting, he probably he won't know until he touches you. So you have to be willing to accept the touch tonight. And it starts by first forgiving. Because to forgive, let me say this to you quickly. To forgive does not mean that you're dismissing what took place. All right? That is why what what you do now is that you talk about the memory. One of the things you need to do, is to pray that the pain, not the memory, because you're going to remember it's part of your script, the script of your life that happened. But you need to add, to give the pain to God so that he can heal you. That pain has been there. It has resided in you. And that is why in my spirit I believe you don't really, in as much as you say that you're a good person, I believe that you're good, but you don't believe it yourself. And that's why I ask about marriage and relationship. Because you have not really got over the, the pain. Yes, the memory is there. But the pain is what needs to get out of you, you know, and trying to help other children is not going to be the answer until you get rid of that pain inside of you. To forgive means that you yield, you're yield and give up the spirits of hatred resentment and anger, you've got to release them. Release them like you, like uh, there's a friend of mine who talks about buying balloons and sending them up with little notes to the Lord. <laughs> That's her way of dealing with things. But what I'm saying, you've got to let them go like a balloon, like a kite. Let go. The resentment. Because when you do that, you're only hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself, adding rather more hurt to yourself. To forgive means to leave all the tangibles and intangibles that will uh, remind you of the offense. To forgive means to release the offender of any hold you have or he has on you or you have on the person. Because you know what? You hold that person too, you know. The reason, what, you hold that person with, with cords of hatred and malice
0: because you've been hurt.
4: Now, the thing about it, with forgive. It doesn't, necessarily, it doesn't mean you forget, but after a while, it fades out and you're able to live your life. You may have to speak. Have, were you able at any time, um, Carmen, to speak to the offender? Were you able to speak with any of them?
3: Um, actually, uh, I spoke with my uncle over the phone, mm-hmm. and uh, his answer was, "I didn't do it, but I know who did." Do you need any money? That was his answer.
4: You know what to do. You don't. He doesn't have to admit. Because he knows that he did it.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
4: So he doesn't have to admit. What you want to do is to get your relief. Say yes. Say you did it. And even if he said a thousand times, 10,000 times, you've said it once, that's enough. And whoever else, you you hurt me, you hurt me, you hurt me, but have forgiven you. You need to talk. I know you've been getting therapy, but I wonder how deeply have you really, when I say deeply, how were you able to really express yourself and say the things that were really in your heart?
0: I, you have... I, I, don't, I, no, I don't think
3: I've talked to the right therapist. Um, I haven't went to therapy at, for an extensive amount of time. It would be maybe for a couple weeks, and then I'd quit, and maybe a few months later I'd go back to therapy. It's been off and on, and I know that hasn't helped, you know.
4: You see, the thing about it Carmen, you're a beautiful person, and there's life for you. There's life for you, and you can have a relationship. You can have a relationship that will be steady, where someone will love you and will know what it means to be loved. I don't think you've really experienced what it means to be loved because you've not been able to trust anyone with your life. But in order to forgive and to move on from where you are, you've got to liberate yourself and liberate the person or persons who hurt you. You don't have to force them to, agree, to admit to what they have done. That's not your business. They have an accountability to God and with their conscience.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: What you're doing is ridding yourself
0: of them. Right? It's like um,
4: cleaning out your closet, Carmen. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. You're saying, I don't want this trash in here anymore. Uh, I don't, they're still trash, you know, you know, Carmen. They're still trash. They're still garbage, but you don't want them in your closet anymore. So you dump them out. So you get rid of those memories, get rid of those persons, forgive them, and the only way you can do it, Carmen, is by forgiving them, forgive God, and forgive yourself. Have you ever thought about any of that? No, uh, actually,
0: forgiving myself, Yeah. Um,
3: Forgiving God, I've really never thought about that way.
4: Mm -hmm. Because I believe in my heart, even if you don't admit it, that there's some resentment of God because you were four years of age and you should have done something, and you've held him responsible without even recognizing it. And what your aim, your business now is to say, God, I am sorry because despite what has happened to me, you did not send that person to hurt me. You love me. You see, when he says that he will restore to you, you have to first acknowledge that he is God and that he loves you more than you could ever imagine. He can take your life right now, Carmen, because of his love for you, your tattered life. He can mend it, bring it together, and make your life one of the most beautiful lives that you could ever imagine. But you have to start first with forgiveness. Let go of those but Remember what I said, get rid of those garbage, the garbage of the people. Let them go. If you don't want to go back to, and say anything to them, just, just scrape it out. Scrape it out. And let God restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. When that has happened, Carmen, I, I can guarantee you, you're going to change the way you dress. Change the way you look. You're going to see a new life. You may go out and get a new hairdo. You're going to see Carmen a different person. Because you're going to know that your God loves you. All along you've been, you know what you've been listening to? There have been voices telling you that God didn't care. He didn't care. And you talk about a higher power. His name is Jesus Christ. Call him by his name. And Abba Father is your Father. He didn't send that those persons to hurt you. And he didn't stand by. Those
0: persons had wills. They chose
4: to listen to the wrong voice. Mm-hmm. That's what like they did. To
2: break right quick, and when we come back, we're going to have some more discussion with Carmen and with Doctor Stewart.
0: We'll be right back. Daddy, we need
4: to have that talk. what? I'm not a kid anymore. I need to know things like like why so many black men have diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer? I'm worried, Daddy.
2: I know folks like me are at high risk, but eating nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day can reduce that risk, and those are the facts of life, baby girl.
4: <laughs> oh, so eating your
5: nine a day is a good thing to do, huh, Daddy right. Sort of like you letting me date Maurice.
3: Wrong. A message from the Department of Health and Human Services. I was the last one of all my friends to do it. After I did it my first time, I told everybody. I had such a big mouth about it. You got all that energy flowing inside, and you go in and commit.
1: 20 million women didn't vote in the last presidential election. This November 7th, do something really important for your country. Vote.
3: A beautiful thing.
1: Sponsored by Women's Voices, Women Vote, a nonpartisan organization that does not support or oppose any candidates.
0: Yes, we're back
2: with the Abundant Solutions Hour. We have with us tonight Carmen
0: mm-hmm.
2: and also Dr. Stewart. Dr. Stewart, Carmen, we actually have a caller on the line, and I want to go to that caller right quick. I think she has some very good information for us. Okay. Caller, are you there?
5: Yes, I am. Hi.
2: Hey.
5: It's Kimberly. I called especially to talk with a young lady and to share that I have also been through some of the worst. Not only did I go through it, but my daughter was also molested by my husband. And when I went through the rapes, um... I kind of bottled, bottled it inside, and I went on with my life. I never even called the police, never even gave it a second thought because I figured, well, I did put myself in those positions. They were date rapes. And I figured, I said, well, that just comes along with the territory, so um, I should just take it and move on. But when my daughter was touched, it was like a keg of dynamite was on the inside of me and just blew me to pieces. hmm and up until three days ago, just three days ago, I never wanted to live again. Huh. Every in the back of my head, every morning when I got up, I had to pull myself out of bed. Three days I made it ago. I made a declaration to the world, to myself, to the universe, and to anybody listening, not listening to demons or whatever. I said. No. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not going to do this. I am going to live. I'm going to make it better, and it is better.
0: Uh Uh
5: And I tell you, I'm getting up. I'm moving Uh on. Uh And I don't see it as somebody done something to me. I'm seeing it now as being part of a mosaic art. Uh I'm battered and torn and broken into pieces, but God is placing that on something to be beautiful, Uh something somebody else needs to see. Uh What may not be beautiful artwork to anybody else is beautiful artwork to that person that's hurting. Uh We go through something, but we are lights to others, and we have to do that so that others can be helped through us. As long as wicked is among the earth, other people will be hurt, And other people will want to die. And we need to say, look, I know you want to die. I know you want to die. I know you want to be angry. I know your mind want to twist this thing. But don't do it.
0: Don't do it.
5: It would be such a waste if the rest of your life was governed by the past. Yes. Move on and say, I am beautiful do start your 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 sayings to yourself every morning. I am worth living, i'm beautiful um pain makes you know come to make me stronger i can i can I can do all things through christ i'm I'm the head, not the tail you know I am wonderful um you know just affirm to yourself,
0: uh-huh
5: And I tell you, the minute I spoke those words to my friend, I said, he said, what is wrong with you? I said, I don't want to be here. I said, can't you understand I don't want to live? I said, nobody hears me when I say that I don't want to be here. And he said, well, guess what? As long as you keep saying that, you're not here. You're no good. You're no good to you or nobody else as long as you don't want to be here. So I have to get into the race. I have to get into the race. Or I'm going to be trampled. I can't lay down and die because it's not my time. And I was always afraid of suicide, even though I attempted little little times here and there. I was always afraid of it because I said, oh, God is not going to forgive me for this. So I can't lay down on the road to life and die or give up and quit. Uh-uh. I got to fight. Even uh-huh. when I don't feel like fighting, I've got to suit up with the armor of God, read my word, and I got to fight. That's and right. fighting starts in the mind by saying everything, every negative thought that c pop up, zap it out. Say, that's not the truth. Well, you know, if you get another relationship, all you're going to do is rape you again. That's not the truth.
4: No. No.
5: Every time a thought comes up, you say, that's not the truth.
4: That's
1: right.
5: And you can say, get out. Get out of my mind. Get out of my way. That's not the truth.
1: Kimberly, can I can I say something real quick? This is Greg. We have about two minutes left, and I, I really hate to cut you off, but I, I want Carmen, Carmen, I want to say this to you. Mm-hmm. Because of your boldness, we have dialogue back and forth somebody is listening and their healing has started to begin because of common saying i want to let others know that's that's what you said to me when we the first time we spoke over the phone the first thing that you said is was i want others to know yes and others are knowing now this is a this is probably one of the most powerful things i've ever witnessed uh, I don't think Brian has any words left, but uh, <laughs> it, it's just so powerful. And, Dr. Stewart, we have about a minute left. We huh? want you to give your information out for counseling. Anyone out there who's going through this? Or yes. I, I this.
4: thought about it, but just before I get, I want to say how God confirmed here tonight. I remember I said to, um, to Carmen that there's anger. And our lady, young lady here, she spoke about the anger inside of her. I want to give a final word to Carmen that Carmen, you're beautiful and you are going to make it. Think over what was said tonight, download the program and listen to it again and if you follow, you're going to be a different person. You're going to see life differently and you're going to want love. You're going to want love. My information um, for counseling is dial 641 Seven one five three nine zero zero Extension one five seven one one pound. Or you can go to the website at www.restorelives.com. dot com. Yes
5: we,
4: and I just- want to Thank you very much again for inviting me to the program. It was a pleasure. Carmen, it was wonderful meeting you, and I will be praying for you.
2: It was wonderful meeting you, too, and bless
1: you. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, We thank
2: you all for coming on. Carmen, we commend you, and like uh, the caller called in and said, you're going to make it.
1: Yes, you are. Yes.
2: Yes. You're going to make it. Yes, you are. That being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Please join us on Friday at 9 p.m. God bless. God bless you.